You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Happy Monday, everyone. We made it. We are ready to start college football season as practice starts later this week for Boston College. On today's show, we're going to talk about the news. We're going to look at ESPN and their role in all of this realignment uh, news. And finally, we're going to talk about recruiting. Many of you have reached out to kind of get a primer on how recruiting works. I'll tell you everything I know and give you a a kind of a basic lowdown on how uh, the the teams kind of approach recruiting, how how the offers go out, how kids can... Uh, commit and whatnot. Well, we'll get into all of that in our final segment. Let's kick it off with the news. Over the weekend, Boston College Football held a recruiting barbecue event that brought in over 20 recruits from around the East Coast onto campus for a recruiting event. Now, this event was meant to get kids on campus, obviously, to see the facilities, to meet the staff, and to kind of talk up uh, the current class and the future class. Now, Boston College had a ton of kids, as I said, on campus. They had Peter Delaportis, um, who is the quarterback recruit for 2022. He's committed to the team already. He was there. They also had Noah Clifford, an offensive tackle. They had Quan Williams, their four-star defensive lineman on campus. Now, those were all committed kids, kids that are already planning on going to Boston College. But they also had future classes coming on campus. And I thought that was interesting as well. They had kids uh, from the class of 2023 and 2024, and I had interviews with a handful of them, including Antonio Crotman Jr. and uh, Dante Levitt, who all will have interviews up on BC Bulletin. Most of them are going to be premium. So if you want to get kind of the lowdown, I have an article about the barbecue up and some of the uh the recaps of what the kids said, but if you want to know what the where the kids kind of lay with Boston College, where they kind of stand with, you know, this is where they're at, this is where they're going to be, um, you know, moving up forward with their their recruitment. That's under our premium option, and we've had a ton of premium content up. And I hope you, if you've signed up, thank you for joining us. But um, I hope you check that out because I have interviews with a ton of the kids that were there. Um, from everything I've heard, it was a overall a very positive experience for these recruits. A lot of them really liked the campus. Um, a lot of them thought, you know, the staff was really engaging. Now you've seen these kind of events all over the country. This isn't something that's very, very common. You know, there is Friday Night Lights at Florida. They just had a pool party at Miami. This was Boston College's version. Now, this isn't a Jeff Halfley uh, invention because Steve Adazio did it too. So the, I don't want to give it Halfley the credit for creating this, but it, you know, it's a big event for the for the campus. So that was one piece. And again, if you want more information on that, check out bcbulletin.com. I have full access and coverage up there. The other uh, big event over the weekend, other than the Olympics, if you've been watching the Olympics, I totally enjoyed watching that. Um, watching the swimming, I've watched some track and field. That's been really enjoyable. But there is the basketball tournament, which you know had. Their team ALS that's run by Sean Marshall, uh, that already got that team got knocked out, but they're playing for a million dollars. And what I noticed was, and I didn't really notice this until the game started happening, was that Tyrese Rice, former Boston College guard, is playing for a team called Bayheim's Army, which is filled with Syracuse alumni. And I, I don't know what the reasoning is behind that. 
But the funny piece that I noticed was that uh, Rice is the leader on that team. Over the weekend, the the Bayheim's army had two games that were won by floaters by Tyrese Rice. So they are now into the championship game, led by a Boston College player. So that is really ironic. Because I don't know if they're going to put a banner up, but it'll be really funny if the Carrier Dome gets a banner put up. That on a team, you know, full of Syracuse players, but led by a Boston College player. So Rice, uh, you know, he had a big career overseas. You know, obviously when he was with Boston College, he was one of the best guards of all time with the Eagles. Uh, but it's really funny watching him really succeed uh, with Beheim's Army. So congratulations to him. Uh, hopefully they will continue on and win that championship. Final piece of news has to do with quarterback Sam Johnson, who ended up at Shippensburg University in Pennsylvania. Uh, now, he was a four-star quarterback that a lot of people really thought would be the future of Boston College quarterback. He never really panned out uh, as he ended up into the transfer portal this year. Uh, someone mentioned to me online, and I thought it was a good point, like, you know, if he just stick, stuck around, you know, maybe he would have had a chance. Now, here's where I was at with Johnson. There was two years of him at BC. When practices were open in 2019, I got to watch him as a true freshman, and you know, he's a true freshman. He struggled. And that's fair to say that, you know, that could have been just age and maturity. He just had come on campus. Like he just didn't know what to do with the ball when pressure came to him and he got, he ended up running, but he wasn't fast enough. And so he really struggled there. But however, the reports out of 2020 was that he was improving. But again, I couldn't see that because it was all behind, uh, you know, BC's sports information department releasing that that's what happened. That he, he looked good. So I'm not sure where he was at, what flaws maybe he they saw. It just struck me as odd. Uh, you know, I know four stars, you know, it, that happens a lot. So don't just get stuck on stars and why does he in D2? You know, stars sometimes are not accurate. And you you can you can find examples of where it doesn't work. Look at Tate Martell. He was a can't-miss uh, five-star, and he's on what, his fifth team now, and he can't figure it out. Uh, but, you know, with Johnson, maybe there was some piece that just didn't connect, or maybe there was a reason why he picked that school. I don't know. I'm not going to guess, but it was just it was an interesting one because I always thought, he, you know, based on, especially that I, I heard that he improved, that he would end up maybe at a, you know, a Mac school. You know, he's from Michigan. I thought maybe a Central Michigan or Western Michigan might have been a good fit for him, but he didn't. So, Good luck to Sam Johnson. I saw that. The other piece of recruiting news I saw was Stephen Gales, who was an offensive tackle that committed to Boston College and then decommitted in the last month. Uh, he recommitted to another team. He's going to Toledo. Uh, he was a big developmental uh, offensive lineman for the class of 2022. Didn't think this was a big surprise. And when he decommitted, I was like, eh, you know, maybe the team had other options. Maybe he wanted someplace else. Maybe it just wasn't the right fit. So good luck to Stephen Gales. I know he'll be ending. He's ending up in Toledo. Now, in a moment, I'm going to talk to you about ESPN and their role in this realignment um, drama that's going on. But first, let's chat a, a little bit about the Locked on ACC show. If you've not checked out Locked on ACC, it's hosted by Candace Cooper and has a rotating host, uh, co-host that are all Locked on ACC members of the Locked On Network, including myself. I run a show with her on Wednesdays. I talk about everything ACC with her. It's a great show. Um, if you want to hear that she does a show with a Duke person, a Florida State, Syracuse, it's a great uh, opportunity to hear about the conference itself. And with realignment going in, this is a show you don't want to miss. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On ACC wherever you get your podcasts. Now let's chat about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like candy bar. They have nine delicious flavors right now, including coconut, raspberry, and coconut almond. They're 100% covered in chocolate and delicious. Why go for another protein bar when you can have a Built Bar that tastes 
awesome. I have one every day. I have one as a snack around 2.30, 3 o'clock. It helps me give me the energy that I need to get through to the end of the day. I got my wife onto them. I, if you haven't tried them, you need to check them out. Now, they are low in calories. They only have 130 to 180, and most of them only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams net carbs with loads of protein. Now, check them out. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll receive 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. We are back to five days a week here on Locked On Boston College, and we're going to be doing this all through probably next May. So if you're into Boston College news, if you want a nice, succinct 20 to 30 minute podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe button. It's free. And we do this every day. And if you like it, share this with a family or friend that likes Boston College as well. It's the easiest way to spread word of mouth and get new listeners onto our podcast. Now, we're talking about realignment. It's the, it's the topic that is you know dominating college sports right now, as it should. As earlier last week, Texas and Oklahoma left the Big 12 to join the SEC. Now, the SEC is now loaded with top-end talent, and not only top-end talent, Top end money makers, because when you look at how realignment is is impacting other schools, the first thing you need to look at is the money, because as much as Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, wants to say that this is about academics and enriching the, um, the experience of the college athlete, that is not what this is about. This is about money. This is about Texas and Oklahoma bringing tons of money to the conference that is already loaded with conference moneymakers like Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Texas A&M. They're, they're, they're making money off of this. And when you now, why is that? You know, why would this happen other than money? Who is who is the person that is spinning this wheel to get this to happen? You need to look at the money. Right. So who, what what person or group is doing this? It has to be ESPN. ESPN already is in trouble with the Big 12 as uh, Big 12 Commissioner Greg Bowlesby is saying that ESPN, or sorry, Bill Bowlesby is saying that ESPN basically has been um, communicating with Big 12 members to see who will leave, who who can they get to move to the AC, AAC and all this stuff. Now, now ESPN, they deny all of this. They are saying that this is not what's happening and they are very avid that this isn't what's happening. But when you look at all this realignment, what what organization is the one that could make the most money? And it's ESPN. And so you have to look at what is moving forward in looking at what could impact ESPN, right? Because they're going to want to continue to make money. That They're part of Disney. They're part of ABC, that whole conglomerate. They're going to want to make money. And they're going to move – they are going to be the, I think, the puppet puppet master behind all of this, trying to get teams to move around. Now, could that mean that they do something to Notre Dame to get them to move to their product? Because remember, Notre Dame is an NBC product for most of their time. Now, they get to go on ESPN when they're on the ACC network, but wouldn't ESPN really like to have Notre Dame on their network? You better believe they would. So I think back to... You know, when you're thinking about the power that ESPN has in college sports, the power and money that they move around and the ability to influence those decision makers, you go back to 2005 and you look at a comment that Gene Filippo made 
back when Boston College left the Big East to go to the ACC. He made a comment that was later retracted that said back then, he told the Globe, TV, ESPN is the one who told us what to do. And that had to do with UConn being blocked uh, to the ACC. So you know that they're behind some of this. And where there's smoke, there's fire. Now, you can't necessarily blame ESPN. Their financial interest is at heart. But what if another... It has to be seen that there's other mega superpowers in this communication and television uh, game. They're going to want to try to take out ESPN. They're going to try to, um, you know, figure out a way to maybe get their own conference. Because right now, look at Fox. Fox has the big uh, Big 12 and they're losing Texas and Oklahoma. But and, and I believe they have the Pac-12 as well. But they're going to want they're a, you know, a multi-billion dollar company. Wouldn't they want to try to make some moves to kind of counteract and, and to balance ESPN? I saw a couple of writers talking about this. So could we end up at the end of all of this, you know, thinking big picture, you know, there's streaming services, but they're not there yet. There's the big mega powers right now. You have Fox and ESPN. Could at the end of this, we have two major conferences and they could be enormous. Um, I, I saw someone saying like two 2014 conferences with a Fox conference and an ESPN conference. And they're both 2014s with like different pods in it. I don't think it's the, the the strangest thing. I definitely think that could happen, right? Think about what if, think if ESPN gobbles up um, the Big East, uh, sorry, the uh, SEC, ACC, and um, the Big Ten. They make it 30 teams or so, 32 teams. And then Fox... They take what's left of the Big 12, the Pac-12, and maybe figure out something else, maybe the AAC or something like that, and then they have their own conference. Could that work? You've seen Stranger Things, right? So what I'm just saying is, you know, as much as you hear about USC and Oklahoma, not USC, Texas and Oklahoma, and they're trying to make their moves, and and Clemson's, uh, Florida State's president saying, you know, we're keeping our options open. Just remember behind the scenes, it's always... They're part of it, but it's always the bigger picture, and that's usually the media. So check out – I think ESPN is a big factor moving forward in all of this. Now, in a moment, I'm going to give you a primer on recruiting. I want to kind of give you guys a heads up on how recruiting works, give you some basics so you can understand the process so when you hear recruiting news, you are informed. But before we do that – Let's chat about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to make all your sports wagers. Head on over to the website and you can make your bets on the Olympics, wrestling, UFC, or baseball. Before the next pitch, head on over on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and content contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the playoffs. Head on over now and use promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That means if you put 200 bucks down, they're going to give you 100 bucks. That's a win right there. Head on over to Bet Online and use promo code Locked On. Your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. We're talking recruiting here. Now, many of you have reached out to me to kind of get a better feel of how college football recruiting works, kind of the the behind the scenes feel. And I've, you know, as cover for covering BC uh, recruiting on BC Bulletin, I've had some experience talking to staff, getting a feel for how this works. I've asked lots of questions. I've, you know, reached out to different recruits, different other insiders that cover recruiting throughout the nation, and I get a better understanding on how it works so I can kind of give it to you so that you can get a good primer on how college football works. Because unless you really 
dive in, some of the stuff is a little vague and it may not be clear unless you unless you really understand it. So first of all, recruits usually become known to coaching staffs through a, a few different ways. They could see their huddle film. Maybe there's, you know, guys like Joe Sullivan and his staff are always going over game film from these kids that are across the country and trying to find kid, like players that they have um, skill sets that pop up. So they may see their huddle film and that gets them their interest. They may also have a camp on campus. Now, Boston College hasn't had a camp on campus in two years. They didn't have one this year. I didn't have one last year, but sometimes there's camps across camp uh, the country where BC may have a camp. So, for instance, they found Clive Wilson, the defensive end that committed to Boston College, at a camp in, I believe, Michigan or Ohio. And uh, that's another way that they could find recruits is they see them work out, they get them there. That piece happens. The third piece that could happen is just simple word of mouth, you know. These, these coaches, they, they read a lot of the stuff online on recruits. They know the big names to look for. They may find them. So out of one of these scenarios, coaching staffs may give out an offer. Now, when you see an offer like that, that does not mean that that person can immediately say, yes, I want to go to Boston College and that's it. There has to be a few things that happen before that usually, in most cases, that com- that recruit will commit to the Eagles. So... I, I think of, and I don't know if BC actually has this, but I've heard other coaches do. I think of B, of recruiting boards, uh, like a recruiting lists for coaching staffs, kind of like a draft board. So like you've seen, you know, like Bill Belichick's draft room, and he'll have like a list of the top 10 running backs he wants or the top 10 wide receivers. Now he'll go for the number one or number two, whoever's top available. And then the other ones will kind of fall into line. I think of that way with recruiting too, and, I, and I'm sure that's how they, they kind of view it, right? So going into a class, Jeff Halfley and his staff may have a quarterback that they really like, and he's the top of their board. And they, they may offer four quarterbacks. Now, that top of that board, if they're ready to accept his commitment, he could, he could commit. The other three, they'll get an offer, but some things have to kind of go their way before they are able to commit to the Eagles. And so that's the way that all the boards work. So, you you know, BC may offer 125 kids, but maybe out of that right off the bat, only like 12 are acceptable or committable. And a lot of times they're, the BC still needs to see things. They may need to see like senior film. They may need to see them at camp. They may need to have them visit the campus. I know Adazio was really big on that. They'll, they'll have a few things in place, but the board changes constantly. So maybe there's new film and number three will move up to number two or number one. you know, he commits to South Carolina and that takes him off the board. Now, all of a sudden, number four, he is the top and he could commit if he wants to. And so that's kind of how these things work. It'll constantly change. And maybe Jeff Halfley will have a kid on campus for a visit and he's blown away with, you know, their interview and the way that he presents himself. He jumps up the board, then he can he, he can commit. So lots of different moving parts. Now, you may see, and you see it a lot on social media, a recruit that may uh, announce his top five. And it's like Ball State, Buffalo, Eastern Michigan, uh, Temple, and Boston College. That type of top five should always sound the alarm in your brain because that kid is probably not what's called a take. A take is the kid that they're going to accept the commitment from. So a kid may be a take if he's the top of the board. But a kid like that may have a BC offer, 
but he's not a take. He may be lower on the board, and he's just hoping that maybe he opens some eyes at Boston College. So if you see like those top fives where BC is not there, I've seen people like, oh, how do we lose a kid to Eastern Michigan? It's because he would have never went to BC anyways. So always use some caution when you see those. For me, a good measure, and I, I reach out to BC when I see these just to double check, you see BC and they're in there with like, oh, I don't know, like Michigan and uh, Syracuse, Wake Forest, Virginia, Virginia Tech. That's usually a good grouping to say, oh, that kid's probably a take. Um, and that's an easy way to find that out. So I just want you to know this stuff so that when you see a kid like leave to go to a Mac school, it's not because Jeff Halfley lost that recruit. He didn't lose him at all. That's not a recruiting loss. That's a kid that in many cases wanted to go some, you know, go to BC badly, but maybe there were a lot of other kids on BC's board that kind of, um, you know, are, are, are a higher priority at that point for BC. Recruiting is a sticky world. And it's not always nice and clean. So sometimes you also need to know, too, that maybe that kid is not a take now, but BC might want to keep them on the burner because maybe if that top kid doesn't commit or he flips and goes someplace else, you want to make sure you keep that kid interested in your school. So you may see a kid think that, you know, he wants to go to your school and that he wants to that he's got a good chance and he's not there yet. Because maybe the school hasn't shut down his commitment. Maybe they're still working on him. And I think that's important to think of too. So it's a very fluid situation when you're talking about recruiting. Things can change every day. But when you see offers, those offers all the time are usually not committable. And that things change and that's how it goes. So I wanted to make sure you were clear on that little piece. Because I've seen a lot of people ask questions like, oh, you know, so-and-so seems really interested in BC and... He's got an offer. Why isn't he committed yet? It's because the school won't accept the offer. So there's lots of other little nuances that go in between. I'm just kind of skimming the, skimming the surface here, but I thought this would be an interesting little side conversation as we get ready for camp, which begins this week. This is AJ Black. Thank you all for listening. If you like this podcast, check out Locked on Bets. It's hosted by Lee Sterling and the great your boy Q. They give you all the sports tips for betting that you need, and it's done in a nice 20-minute se- segment. Check them out if you get a chance. Now, we'll be back on tomorrow for another show. We're going to have Fan Friday again this week. We're going to have Dan Rubin on later this week as well. Uh, check us out. If you like us, give us a five-star review. Follow us on pod, uh, Twitter at LockedOnBC, and make sure to share, share us with your family and friends. Take care, everyone. We'll see you again soon.